0: Welcome to Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the
1: show. And welcome to the Dollars and Cents podcast with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, it's always fun to be with you, but today it looks like you've got a party going on here on the podcast.
2: Hi, Bill. Good to be with you today as well. And yes, um, I am excited because we're trying a different format today where I actually have two guests in studio with me today. I have Beth McCormick and Jason Sposeep with me. They both work in the area in which I specialize in, and that's helping people go through a divorce. Mm. Um, So before I give any background on them, I just want to say hello and welcome, Beth and Jason. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having us.
3: Yeah, pleasure to be here.
2: So as I mentioned, uh, we all work in the area of divorce. For the listeners, if this is your first time tuning in, I am a certified financial planner with Private Vista, and I have Beth McCormick and Jason Sposeep, who are both family law attorneys. Um, so we'll have a nice discussion about divorce and focus on some of the legal aspects, weave in some some, some financial and uh, as the three of us know, really, you can't talk about divorce without also out having some emotional uh, subjects brought up as well. So before we get into that, I do want to just for our listeners, give a brief bio on both of our guests. Um, I'll start with Beth. Beth McCormick practices exclusively in family law matters for high net worth families, and she has experience in complex litigation, mediation and collaborative law. She is an equity partner at Beerman, which is located here in Chicago, Illinois. She has been repeatedly nominated by her peers as a leading lawyer and best lawyer, as well as top 50 women super lawyer and top 100 super lawyers. Her focus on compassion and empathy led Crane's Chicago Media to name her most influential women lawyer. So welcome, Beth. Thank you, And also joining us is Jason Sposeep, and he is an equity partner at Schiller Decanto and Fleck, which is also headquartered here in the Chicagoland area. He authoritatively advocates for high-net-worth professionals and their spouses who want fair and equitable results. Jason's extensive background in business and finance, as well as his compassion and understanding, enables him to sensibly resolve complicated divorce and custody disputes, both in and out of the courtroom. Jason strenuously believes in putting the children first in every divorce situation And he, too, has been repeatedly nominated and named to the top super lawyer lists and super lawyer lists as well. So now that our listeners know a little bit about both of you, let's jump into the topic at hand for today. And as I mentioned, you know, all three of us have helped clients go through, you know, hundreds if not thousands of divorces. So what do you wish the public knew more about when they are considering getting a divorce? And I'll let either one of you start. I'll go ahead.
4: Uh, Jason and I think so like-minded that I'm guessing all of our answers are going to be similar. So, um Jason and I are working on putting together a seminar to actually train other mediators, lawyers, judges, anyone who will listen to us on best practices in all forms of alternative dispute resolution. And in talking through that, we were realizing the general public just doesn't know that there are many options and routes in order to get divorced that we do not nor Jason, nor I use a one fault, one size fits all approach. So, uh, I wish the public knew that there are many many ways to get divorced and that they need not go to court or they need, need not even fight in order to get divorced.
3: Yeah, Beth's right. Our answers are pretty similar. I was going to say uh who who you hire and the process that you choose for divorce can make or break uh the experience of going through a divorce. And the public, unfortunately, is mostly aware of things like litigation uh, because it's the most juicy, it's the most talked about. And unfortunately, what's not talked about enough are those people that have gone through alternative dispute resolution processes, kept their families from the courtroom, kept their, their children from being a part of the process, and have preserved not only their, their, their wealth, but their uh, relationships, uh, enabling them to uh, parent or co-parent their children in the future in a much, much healthier way. And, and I say, and, and I know Beth does too, typically the biggest asset, really the biggest asset in any divorce case is the, par- the parent's ability to have a relationship on behalf of the children.
4: And I would just build on that, Nicole, to to share that many people think that you have to fight and their friends kind of fire them up. And this need to destroy one another is kind of what always prevails. And Jason and I meet with couples all the time who are super high conflict. They come into it hot and ready to fight. And as Jason points out, with the right practitioner, we can help them problem solve and get into problem solving mode pretty easily when you help people see the value of being in that mindset versus destroying one another. So I think if the public only knew that you can still harbor resentment, you can still be angry, frustrated, but in an alternative dispute resolution process, that's the only place you have control over your outcome. I sat in court this morning thank goodness the client was on the Zoom with me. We sat for an hour and 40 minutes before the judge called us.
2: Oh, wow.
4: That alone you know, gave her pause to say, let's get back to mediation because in that hour and 40 minutes, she listened to this myriad of cases that are just truly jaw-dropping. Mm. And the decisions that the judge makes With little to no facts before her in this case, and these people lost all control over their outcome once they appeared in court with all of our alternative dispute resolution processes, the clients, the people get to control their outcome. People just don't realize that.
2: Right. I agree. Well, as Jason shared is, you know, that because that doesn't make for good TV or good movies. Right. right. So I know of go- going back, dating myself, but the War of the Roses where they li- literally ended up not only destroying each other, but their house is. So a lot of times people, all they know is from TV or movies or if they've talked to a friend or a colleague or a, perhaps a, a family member who's been through a divorce, Um and people always tend to talk about the ones that went really poorly. So why don't we kind of dig into a little bit about you mentioned the um alternative dispute resolution. So why don't we talk a little bit about those? I know there's mediation and then collaboration. So if we want to you guys want to explain what each of those are and then I always find it helpful and I think our listeners will as well to kind of compare and contrast And while there is no one size fits all, even for alternative dispute resolution, maybe some either like these are if you have these issues or this type of dynamic in your relationship, perhaps one might be more appropriate than the other. So any kind of like wisdom or guidance um, that you guys can share with our listeners from all the people that you've helped um, divorce in that more non litigated way.
3: I'll go ahead and give the high-level definition of collaborative divorce and mediation, both of being the primary forms of alternative dispute resolution and divorce, uh, with collaborative law being a statutory uh, process. It was passed here in 2018 or 2019 here in Illinois, the Collaborative Law Act, which provides for parties to... Enter into this contractual form of dispute resolution, whereby not only uh, each of the parties, but also their each of their respective lawyers and the teammates that are part of the process, sign a contract called a participation agreement. And that participation agreement, by contract, precludes the parties or their lawyers from going to court to obtain relief, except in extingent circumstances like an emergency. And what that does is it changes the negotiation process from positional bargaining, where each party takes an extreme position and you eventually get to a middle ground two, three years later, to focusing on the party's goals and interests, their needs and their concerns relative to the process, to their finances, to their children. Uh, And then we navigate the negotiation process around those goals and concerns, taking a lot less time and trying to come up with some win-win options for the family. Now, when I say contractually, uh, we're precluded from going to court, that means that in this process, in the collaborative process, we can't go to a man or woman in a a black robe to get a decision made for us. We have to really put on our problem-solving hats and come up with resolution. And we do that by approaching this with a full team, a team with to each person having their own lawyer, a financial neutral who's going to be responsible for putting together the numbers, running uh, support scenarios, creating the balance sheet. Uh, that's something Nicole Romito used to do uh, for us back in the day, and she was amazing at it. Um, oh, and then also, also also uh, a divorce coach, which is an invaluable resource that every divorce, frankly, should have at their ready. But uh, the divorce coach helps with communicating with the parties helping the parties communicate with their lawyers uh, and each other helping facilitate and putting together parenting plans and structure around parenting and parenting boundaries and we do this collectively as a team and, and that's that's the real quick uh, quick and dirty uh, beth and i could talk about this process at nauseum. and then comparing that to mediation Where we still use similar language in terms of terminology, you know, not trying very hard not to be positional. However, in mediation, if it were to fail, the lawyers, uh, in the lawyers, at any time could pull out, uh, file motions with the court. There's always the threat of litigation, and that that um, while that's still better than litigation itself. Um, the the threat of litigation changes the dynamics. And in that process, it is more positional. It is less about goals and interests. It, not to say that we don't try to focus on the goals and interests, but the fact that the, the lawyer always has that proverbial gun in, in his or her holster um, can change the dynamics of how we negotiate. And oftentimes, unfortunately, people will perhaps lean in on mediation because they think it might be less expensive. There's less players in the in the game. But without the divorce coach, without a financial neutral at times, there's a um the greater likelihood of things to go left of center in mediation. And again, I'm not I am trying to compare the two. Sometimes mediation is absolutely the right fit for a family. I think you can probably hear the bias in my voice and and my how I'm discussing this i think collaborative is one of the best approaches to coming to resolution if your family can adhere to the guidelines and the principles of the process which is which is a big if and something that uh, beth and i have been working on perfecting for for many years
4: i think the only thing i would add is each team member on the collaborative team is a trained mediator so we all work together as professionals to guide the couple to think, act, and talk a little bit differently than maybe they're used to. And I'll throw in there our best practice tip on that is many couples come into a divorce consultation, not really sure what they want or how to get to what they want. And Jason and I have learned to send people to discernment counseling before they actually make the decision to divorce because even if they divorce, they're on a different mindset. They're able to think, act, and talk differently. We call it a great runway to divorce. So that is a process whereby a person who's trained, a mental health person trained in uh, this discernment counseling approach helps the couple determine if it's divorce, how to divorce more thoughtfully, And then the other paths include marriage counseling, staying together, and other options. I just wanted to throw that in there because as a reminder in the collaborative process, that coach is continually meeting the couple where they are with their mental health and how to communicate differently, how to reframe certain things that they're saying or feeling. And one of our colleagues taught us the analogy when explaining to clients what a coach is and how that differs from their therapist. He says, a therapist helps you unpack and repack your luggage five, 10 times. As we know in therapy, we're always trying to understand how we got to where we are. A coach in sharp contrast picks up your bag and walks you through the airport. So when people get mired down in the past and all the pain that came during the marriage, The coach is helping to remind them that they're here now to get divorced and to keep going forward through the pain. Let's go. We can do this. We can do this. So I'm hoping that those clarifications helps people determine that it may be right for them to have that whole team-based approach. But Jason and I don't meet with people with an agenda as to what process we want them to do. Ultimately, the parties have to determine what process is right by them.
2: Yeah and I just want to add on I'm glad I'm glad you brought up that analogy because I was I was going to ask for you know for our listeners to clarify the difference between a coach and a therapist because they are both mental health professionals and I think that analogy really paints a, a picture people can understand. I would also say too I know when you're putting the team together not only in the collaborative model is everyone has mediation training but um I know you guys have both been in the position where, if you're saying we need a financial neutral, and oftentimes, especially because both of you are dealing with higher net worth families or you know high level executives, it's not uncommon that they 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 don't already have a financial advisor or a certified financial planner. So I know too one of the challenges is having an advisor um, who is familiar with a the world of divorce. And then certainly, if they're going through mediation or collaboration, just understanding that process and how to truly be part of the team, so that they aren't inadvertently um, upsetting the apple cart. I think that's just something to share with our listeners as well. Is if you have a financial advisor and they've worked with you, you know, for many years as a couple, you may want to consider, you know the advisor is is representing you as a married couple. Do they have the experience in the divorce space with the process, understanding the laws and things like that? But also too, it could be a time where you may want to either have an advisor who's only going to be counseling you or, you know, advocating for your ongoing financial security. And then as Jason alluded to, the neutral, the financial neutral is a very different role where they're truly representing the financial aspect of your divorce. they are not counseling one person about you know if if this is the settlement agreement we go with then you're going to be better off with choice A than B. It's just making sure the whole team is educated on the current lay of the land financially and then to the best extent possible, how can it support both spouses um, needs and goals that they're looking to achieve um, post divorce?
3: It's important to note, I think what you're hitting on, Nicole, is the difference between a financial planner individually or a wealth manager individually for a person or a family versus the financial neutral in the process. And the financial neutral in the process is advocating for um, the process, not necessarily advocating for any one individual because he or she is a neutral. Um, And you can't – the only time that I've ever – had a situation where the financial neutral was also their financial planner which is a, not something that's typical because you can't you can't go from being a financial neutral representing being a neutral person to then representing a party post divorce right. but nicole if i remember going back in history a little bit there was a a couple that you worked with very well as their financial planner And then you brought them into the they they were introduced to the collaborative process and wanted you to very much be their financial neutral, which you were able to do because of your relationship of working with them both prior to. But that's an anomaly. Um, Usually it's it's two different people um, that are that are doing that and they serve different roles. And you need in a best practice best in the best case scenario, you need both. Um, th- the True. person that's that's running the show and and doing the numbers and maintaining neutrality in the process, but you need somebody to hold your hand and take you through from an advocacy standpoint and help you monitor and manage your finances down the road, which the financial neutral cannot al- also cannot do typically, unless that one example I was giving you. Before.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, that was definitely a unique situation. But I want to build on this a little bit
4: because. Jason and I both like to work with Nicole. If she's the financial advisor, we know she's going to work with the whole team because she understands the collaborative process. She is not going to be someone who will row in a different direction just because she works with one party, but she also has a fiduciary duty to that one person. So she finds that balance like she always has in advocacy and working for one person but recognizing they have signed on to a process where they want to work together. And because she has sat in the room with us for many years, she knows how to find that sweet spot. Unlike other advisors who sometimes get people worked up. Many people know the advisors who'd meet with them and tell them they have to stop spending and all kinds of things. And it's disruptive when you're not going through a divorce, but that's their job. Nicole knows how to help people navigate the divorce process a lot differently and more thoughtfully.
2: Well, thank you. I I appreciate the kind words from both of you, and I think we've done a pretty a good job of explaining. You know, certainly everyone has their own attorney in all the processes. Who, even though you and you and Jason, Beth, you and Jason work together a lot in this alternative dispute resolution, but you're each representing your client. But I've I've seen it, too, where it really is amazing when everyone's around the table and, you know, someone might be able to use different words or, you know, Beth, your client might be able to hear exactly what you're saying. But because Jason's saying it and maybe in a different, you know, male voice versus female or just different words, they can hear the same sentiment And again, it's like you said, everyone's rowing in the same direction to accomplish the goal of getting the couple divorced in a more, you know, just in a better way, Um, especially as Jason mentioned, when there's kids involved, because even though your relationship as spouses will be ending, you're going to be parents for the rest, you know, the rest of your lives. And there's most likely going to be lots of big life events where, your child or children is going to want both of you in the same space to be able to celebrate their special occasions. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. We talked, so, you know, both of you have highlighted, you know, the training and it's kind of putting on a different hat. I know, especially as attorneys, for our listeners who are maybe they're just learning about mediation or collaboration or maybe they knew about it. Any thoughts or tips on how do you truly find professionals and we can start with attorneys how if i'm if i'm a consumer for our listeners and i'm like oh i really like the idea of this collaborative team or oh, i think mediation might be the way to go um I know I often see, you know, professionals will say, yes, I mediate or I collaborate. And there are times where the professionals are using that more as a marketing piece, if you will, and not truly embracing or um, embodying the true concept of that. So is there any uh, tips or info you want to share with listeners to make sure they do get to the right professional? Uh Yeah.
4: So I think, People often find their soulmates and their lawyers. And that phenomenon is always amazing to me. And you may tilt your head and say, what is she talking about? <laughs> well, my advice is to follow your gut. So we all know uh, different personalities and people can read what feels comfortable. The attorney-client relationship in a divorce context is very intimate. We learn details that we sometimes don't want to know and don't need to know, but people have the need to share their most intimate details of what life is like or was like when they were living together. So you have to feel safe. I would just have anyone reconsider a lawyer who just doesn't feel right. You know, if they come in and say all the ways they can destroy the other side and that doesn't feel right to you, ask them. What, if any, experience do they have in trying to keep things calm? And they may say, you can't stay calm. This guy's lying to you. Make them feel more scared. Feed into the fear. Instead of saying, we can actually get as much, if not more, data in an alternative dispute resolution process, certainly way more efficiently than you would get in a litigation context through Formal discovery, it's usually two, three, sometimes five, ten times the cost to get it all through discovery rather than just turning over the documents. If a lawyer doesn't know how to or isn't willing to share that data, number one, it's unethical. Very few divorce attorneys know that they have an obligation under our canons of ethics to share all the process options with every client. I guarantee you a lot of our peers are not doing that. So if you only hear a one size fits all approach, reconsider.
3: That's good advice. I think um, for the most part, every divorce lawyer has a website. Uh, Most divorce lawyers have the ability to easily um, blog or write articles. And I think you've got to do some due diligence in finding that right relationship. I, I tell people it's a small enough world. You you start asking for referrals from people that you trust that have, um, you know, touch, touch holds on um, different aspects of our profession. And when you get more than one person suggesting to go use Beth or go use Jason, that's, that's a good sign. Uh, and also people, uh, because they have these websites and because it's so easy to put Material out on in the world on Facebook and Instagram and this that and the other. See if they're they're talking the talk. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to reflect that you do collaborative divorce or mediation work on your website. It's another thing that if there are articles that support that that you've that you've written or that you're part of, or organizations that you're on the board of that you're actively involved in. Everyone that it markets themselves is listing all their accolades and all the things they do and write about and attend. Um so do a little homework and find out if that's what they're actually participating in if they're if they're talking the talk. I think that's a an important thing for people to 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 really look into
4: great point.
2: Yeah, those are those are all great tips. And I like the idea, like you said, seeing in social media or the organizations, because if you're committing your time to it, as we all know, time is our most precious asset. So you're going to, if you're really committed to it, that's where you're going to allocate your time and energy. How about, I know one um, question all of us get is if you You have a initial um consultation, or I know in your world the uh, term is intake. um, and your client says, "Yeah, I really like this whole idea of the collaborative process. Um, and you know, I'd like to hire you. How do I talk to my spouse about it, though?" And um, I think, Beth, you made the point, too, is just to make sure that the, the whole team is rowing in the same direction and on board with the process that the couple is choosing. So one of the spouses hires one of you, says, let's do collaborative. And then how do you kind of um, walk them through so their spouse can choose a, an attorney who is also part of the um, collaborative process and, and trained appropriately as well?
4: Well, it sounds counterintuitive, but believe it or not, Jason and I often have people ask us for referrals for attorneys for their spouse. So we do that somewhat frequently. Sometimes I'll hold on determining whether I can help someone based upon who the other person hires, because I do believe in the concept of team so strongly. Jason or I, or any practitioner who solely does divorce in whatever area, we all know one another and we all have reputations. So I can tell a client when they tell me who's on the other side, I can gauge what that divorce is going to look like, how successful they're going to be in whatever process. That doesn't make me all knowing. That doesn't make me the world's best. It simply makes me someone in tune with these personalities. So the best advice we give people if they're, if they have the means, a coach can kind of walk them through how and when and where to say the hard things about getting a divorce. But if they don't have the luxury of that, Jason and I know how to kind of limp along and give some suggestions. Jason, what do you tell people?
3: Well, um, you know, you had mentioned Beth discernment counseling, which made me think about, you know, one of the things I want the public to know about is how you enter the process Whatever process it is, how you enter it can really form the the guide rails for uh, what it's going to look like. And it is typically, at least my experience is, it's, it's easier for parties to enter the process through a mental health avenue like discernment counseling or couples counseling because they're already they're already teed up in a platform where they're communicating with each other. It may not be pretty, it may not be good communication, but they're making efforts to educate themselves and to try to be, come to some common ground on their communication or the um, decision-making that they have to go through. Um, so coming in, if somebody comes and talks with me and they're really considering the, the collaborative divorce process, and the other the other spouse is not aware of, or is not uh, not has not educated themselves as much. I will recommend them oftentimes going to talk with a divorce coach first collectively, because it's it's just it's easier to convince a spouse. Let's go talk with somebody in the mental health arena as opposed to going to talk with divorce lawyers. That being said. Beth and I have also done education meetings uh, with both spouses, neither of which have hired either one of us. and we educate them about the process, what it looks like, how we work together, the pitfalls, the pros and the cons. Um, and then ultimately we kind of figure it out and we collectively go down one path or the other. But there's there's so many ways to do it, but doing it without without, you know, with with divorced lawyers is is oftentimes a real, bitter pill to swallow for the other spouse so having divorce coaches is a nice option.
2: Yeah, it's I know when uh as I was working with you guys in the world of collaboration it was always um I think one of the eye-opening things for me was we're asking couples to really communicate with one another during the divorce process and oftentimes Breakdowns in communication or lack of communication is one of the, you know, big contributors to the couple deciding to get divorced. So I think that's why all of us keep emphasizing having the, having a team and then having the appropriate players and appropriate for you, right? You, the, um, our listener and your marriage and family unit. It really can help you get through the process a lot easier and come out as whole as possible on the other side of it. So true. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think a, a, a lot of what we talked about is we've all said it's counterintuitive. Um, and so while it may be counterintuitive, it's not impossible. So the best thing is to to educate yourself, talk to, you know, l- like I think it was Beth who said, just make sure that if you're, t- as you're interviewing different attorneys, um, to represent you um kind of keep that on as one of your tips like did they talk to me about the different processes or did they just assume or maybe they only practice one of them so that that can be i think a good takeaway for our listeners as they are um you know consulting with attorneys so with that i i could talk with you guys all day um I think, you know, I think these sessions, especially this episode, is going to cause our listeners to have more questions, which is a good thing because the more educated they are, the hopefully the better they'll be able to go through the divorce process. Do either of you want to share any? Either A, was there something you wanted to make sure that you got to share with our listeners? Or if you maybe have like, a top one or two things to consider um, or even if you just want to be like, here's the key takeaway from what we discussed today.
4: I'd just like to remind listeners to find their voice and, and to consider whether they want to use that voice and the power within it. Some people just simply can't. Mm -hmm. They didn't feel that there was a balance of power in the relationship. Right. I need, I need a lawyer who's going to protect me. So everything that we're saying, we want to give that caveat that we, Jason and I, and many of our colleagues don't judge that. We know how to meet clients where they are. And if it's just too hard, we know how to be zealous advocates. This is all Jason and I, you know, we're trained to be that in law school. That's actually pretty easy for us. This is more of a sophisticated, um, ongoing education that Jason and I have chosen to do with this different approach but we are here to help anyone no matter where they are and their mindset is and we certainly don't judge those people who simply can't sit in a room with their spouse and do that
3: it, you know there's it, going back to something beth said you've got to find your your the per, your person yeah, the the person you're going to spend a, uh, a many hours um, whether you like it or not with your divorce counsel and so finding the right fit is worth doing some extra homework and and some legwork to figure it out. I say in all of my consultations, and I'll, I'll say it here today, that it, I, it, I'm i not always the right fit, but I will work with whomever I talk to to get them into the right fit. I, I believe that over overall, the biggest impact to the future of your family is who you hire, who you collectively hire. It's not just one spouse, it's both, and uh, because Beth and I know the players and have been doing this now for over twenty years, we, you know, I'm happy to sit down and talk with somebody. If you're between, you know, Bob or or Sandy for your divorce counsel, what are the pros and cons? What are they both saying? It's important, even if even if it's not me or somebody in my firm, it's important enough for me to uh, help people into the right system into the right team because we see we see the underbelly of of divorce and some of our colleagues out there and it can be extremely destructive and that's the stuff unfortunately that that we we hear the most about so um i know i, I again i can speak for for beth you know we're we're here to try to help undercut some of that and and bring integrity and bring thoughtfulness Uh, brings sensibility into a very trying time in people's lives.
2: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And that is one of the reasons I brought you guys on um, as the guests for this episode, because generally speaking, divorce is typically going to be the lowest point, if not certainly one of the low point of um, our clients' lives. And we're all trying to just help them get through it the best they can um so then they can focus you know focus on their next chapter and the only kind of takeaway i want to add for our listeners is really do your research and talk to a few um attorneys and while it makes sense that you might ask your best friend or your sister or your colleague who was divorced you know hey i know you got recently divorced who did you use and did you like them or i think most people might be like did Did they get you a good deal or the best deal? Divorce is so specific or tailored to your specific situation. The attorney who did might've done a great job for your sister or your brother or your best friend, but is it, you know, is that mean that's the right attorney for you? You might have very different financial situations. You might have very different, um, situations with on the parenting side or with your children, so it's a, it's great to start asking for referrals, but just understand this is a lot different than, hey, your new kitchen looks great. Who remodeled it? I want to use them for my house. So with that, um, again, I want to say thank you to Jason and Beth for sharing all your time and your wisdom. I think, as you know, I close out each episode with a fun question. Um, And that is if, you know, where would you most like to live and why? And it could be anywhere in the world. And if we assume there's no like time constraints or, you know, needing to be in one place because of kids schools or, you know, anything like that, where would it be? Go ahead, Beth. No, you go.
3: (laughs) I, I know. I know where I'd live.
4: Perfect.
2: Where
3: is that? Um, I, um, I would live in the Netherlands. Um, I, I would, and I would specifically live in a town that I lived in for several months back in 1999 called Maastricht. It's like in a Southern little part, you can bike ride to, to, um, uh, Belgium, you can bike ride to Germany. Uh, it's it's a it's kind of in a in a cool spot and it's just so central in Europe to get wherever you need to go. And the people are amazing. So I would I would go back there. I've always dreamed about that.
2: That sounds fantastic. I just add that to my list.
4: And it sounds so cosmopolitan to in contrast to my first visit to Asheville, North Carolina this weekend, where I was blown away and realizing that I could probably be in the company of the people that I most want to be, and that is laid back, relaxed, artsy, folksy, happy, shiny people. And uh, all of those things are not what Jason and I get to see in a typical day. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'd i like to be relaxed, and I felt relaxed there for the first time in a long time.
3: There's also a lot of breweries, if I'm not mistaken. Around well,
2: there, that, so. that never hurt either. <laughs> right? I was like, hmm, do we think the two go hand in hand? <laughs> Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing. And so with that, we are at the end of our time today. If any of our listeners would like to reach out to either or both of you, uh, Jason, what is the best way for them to contact you?
3: Uh, The best way to contact me is uh, my email or my phone number. My email is JSPoseep at sdflaw.com. And the phone number is 312 609 5551.
2: Okay, great. And Beth? Email
4: is usually the most efficient. B McCormack, M C C O R M A C K, at Beerman, B E E R M A N N L A W.com. My cell phone is 312 953 5114. It's always easier to text first because uh, Jason and I both, any lawyer, has to do what's called a conflict check. So Mm -hmm. if we have both of your names in an email or text or however you reach us, we're going to have to have both names to ensure that we're able to help.
1: Nicole, you asked Jason and Beth how they people could get a hold of them. For listeners who uh, might want to reach out to you, how would they do that?
2: Oh, sure. So they can go to our website, which is myprivatevista.com. And on our homepage in the upper right-hand corner, there's a contact us button. So they can uh, reach out that way, put in their information in the notes section, just let them know they uh, heard me on the podcast, and that will get them in touch with me.
1: Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for this conversation. And thank you listeners for listening to the Dollars and Cents podcast with Nicole Romito. Uh, If you've not subscribed, it's easy. Hit the subscribe button below. That way you don't have to remember, make a note to yourself to come back around. It will come to you automatically. You'll be notified and you won't have to miss a single episode. We also humbly ask that you take the time to rate and share this podcast, because in doing that, you will help others learn about it. On behalf of Nicole Romito and everybody at Private Vista, thank you so much for listening. And this is Bill Tucker reminding you to live your best day today. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.